difficult, 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 women. Hello. Hello, friend. How are you? Oh, so good. It's so good to see your face on Zoom. Yes, you too, as always. You know, I'm going to be able to see your real fucking face in person in a week. I know. Does everybody know this? Have we said this already? Have we told? We said it a couple times because oh, we're, we're very just excited. both so very excited. <laughs> they know. Katie is coming to Nashville one week from today. We're going to be potting live. Yes. Together. In person. Not live. Like we're not going to stream the whole, you know. You we're know live what I with mean, each other. Listeners. By the way, I'm Katie. And I'm Marie. And this is the Difficult Women podcast. <laughs> so difficult. Went had the Kentucky Derby party last night. Still drunk. You like last did. Week. Who won? Yeah. Uh, hamburgers and hats or something whatever. Something spirits or something. <laughs> I don't know. Hamburgers and hats. <laughs> like there was a soup and sandwich that I like all of a sudden I was like, how did I not put my money on that? I know, right? And they did pretty good. And when I say money, I say I bet Papa John's breadsticks and I lost and I, ha- I bought my friend's Papa John's breadsticks. It's hot currency, like a bit Bitcoin. <laughs> it's the new Bitcoin, Papa John's breadsticks. I love it. Well, should should we just get right into it? Let's cut to the chase. This is we have a very exciting episode today because we've got a really good friend of ours who made an amazing adventurous excursion and made a film about it. And we'd like to present to you, our listeners, <laughs> our good friend, Jessica Watkins. Welcome, Jessica. Hi. <laughs> Yay. Yes. This is so exciting. You guys are together in the same room in Brooklyn. And here I am in, in East Nashville, where Jessica is originally from. Yes. You're in my, you're in my home. I'm, I'm in your you're house. In, get out of my house. house. With your mother. <laughs> no. We'd all know that if you were. Cause... That's right. <laughs> well, you'd at least hear some... Like murder mystery shows in the background. Very loudly. <laughs> I love it. So, Jessica, we are having you on today because you have very exciting news. Your film is coming yes. out. Uh, when is it coming out? It's coming out May 11th, which is <gasps> um, on a Tuesday. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it's next Tuesday that it's coming out as the film from this time in the. So, it'll be a week the from time today. That the app mm-hmm. constructs we are currently in. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I've been working on this project for seven years. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Which is like six years too long. Well, we had the pleasure of seeing this documentary. Yeah. That, that's yeah. how we're marketing it, yeah. right? Documentary it's called feature specialish. film. Specialish. It's part comedy special, part documentary. Or is the most recent review that I read. Um, it said she's more of a talker. She has a, the woman said she has a very Jewish sense of humor, which is strange because oh. she's from Tennessee. So there's like a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in that <laughs> sentence. Like I don't know if, we're, if we can say that. And I was like, maybe she's Jewish. And then I looked at her name. Her name is Leanne. So oh. I don't. I don't oh. think oh. so. But I don't know. <laughs> but also like Jewish people can be from Tennessee. Also, yes, so. yes, again. But she did say I was um, kind of like the marvelous Miss Maisel, except for not as uh, funny. Basically. Oh, good God. <laughs> she said not as sharp. Oh, uh, God. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. like dull. Well, that's sort of unfair because marvelous Miss Maisel didn't travel across the country Thank doing you. comedy. And that is the premise of this film, which we uh, we did get to see. Marie and I got to see on the big mm-hmm. screen. It was so good. Um, I cannot wait for it to come out for everyone to see it. So that's the thing. You did the comedy thing, which was really cool. But but even 
another like level up from that is that you you went across the country solo as a woman not i mean not <laughs> as not, a woman. Not, it's true she could have gone as a man but on, she chose on her feet on her feet that's that's that have we even said that too she no. walked across america i walked across america on ladies my and gentlemen that's <laughs> on, on her feet, feet. <laughs> on her hands uh, okay <laughs> i don't want to bring it back to this only review that i've read about the film so far but um <laughs> she also was like she wasn't quite it wasn't quite as good as Reese Witherspoon and Wild. Like she didn't go quite as twi- wasn't as as hardcore. She said. It's a and movie, though. I, I would like <laughs> to like, uh, bring up that Cheryl Strayed, who that movie is about, she only walked twelve hundred of the twenty five hundred miles that is the Pacific what a wimp. Crest Trail. So I walked further than her and um oh my god so how many miles did was that total Do you so know? i walked a little over two thousand miles i did take, take some rides here and there out of towns and i took some side trips and like as you guys have seen in the film there's a couple side you know adventures that happen um but yeah i i was on that open road for a while definitely like out west was the kind of craziest part of the trek why? Because there's on the east half of the country when you're walking, you can get to a town every day. Mm. But when you get west, there's just days where there's nothing. So you just camp on the side of the road. Yeah, I was scared for you. And, you know, I don't want to spoil anything in the film. But, yeah, it seems like a lot of people that you would meet would be like, a woman? Yeah. <laughs> a woman yes, can they were do very this? shocked <laughs> that women walk alone. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... I mean, I imagine at certain points during the trek, there were moments where you felt a little alarmed or not so much. Or how did like I, how did that feel? I think as women in this country, period, like that's just our conditioning. Like it d- didn't feel different mm. than every other time we, you know, I mean, are just constantly sort of, I don't know, what in, in harm's way. <laughs> like and I just like really, I mean, yeah, being in the middle of nowhere. OK, you there's some uh, you know we're we're adding in some some new layers to um like i guess if something were to happen like what the response to that would be like but you know it's not like i don't know it's just not a lot different than going to the freaking grocery store and not knowing what's going to happen to you mm. um i don't know is that mm-hmm. my disposition are we out I just feel like women are just like we have to be scared to a certain point in general so I I just felt like yeah felt similar to that really I mean the scary part was the car like getting hit by a car or Mm. um but once you walk like 20 miles and you're sleeping in your tent kind of the last thing you're thinking about is like is someone gonna murder me right now because at that point you're just like just come on if you're going to let's do it get it over with (laughs) yeah just do it now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell us about your rig, because like, how do you, it, how did you know what to bring? Because you know, and how did you carry everything? Yeah, I had a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like looking back, um, it's like a little mini um, hoarder. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, I pushed a running stroller. Because it's mostly you're road walking and you're doing these really long days. And when you get to the west half of the country, you're having to carry a lot of water with you for like a few days. So a lot of people that do these cross-country walks use strollers and people do it. So I did research, you know, I read a bunch of books, talked to people that had done it and just kind of used what I saw, you know, learned from a bunch of different people and kind of went with. I also had to carry 
the camera gear and oh, right. stuff to keep that charged mm. and the drives. I always carried three drives with me and like New York would have one and we'd exchange the drives so that there would always be the footage in two places. And then I had solar panels mm. and a big battery to keep all of that. And then of course, like your camping gear and stuff um, and then food and water. And you know, you're going to want a harmonica. You're going to need some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna... I had a journal, but I burned it like a weekend, um, <laughs> like trying to create a fire. Um, yeah. And then, you're I, I like I was very um like hiker girl you know I mean I just had the full hiker fit and I didn't even think about like you might want something normal to wear you know when you're like doing a show mm. or maybe you want to care how you look on camera because you are filming this for a documentary Jessica <laughs> uh but nope wasn't thinking about that you know I wasn't thinking about cool I was thinking about safety first okay That's so good. yellow vest yellow hat mm-hmm. it's on you know and I wanted to just kind of I wore like baggier clothes. Like I looked, I feel like I looked like a young like Boy Scout, but like maybe pushing his little sibling right in the, <laughs> just in the stroller to the country. Oh, yeah, uh. down the highway. So nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> and how many shows did you end up doing on that? Um, I I did a couple dozen. Mm. I performed in twelve cities. And then in each or towns, you know, each I stopped in 12 areas. And then while I was in most of those places, it was a couple town, a couple shows. That's one thing that's sort of fascinating to me about this project, too, is that because like Marie and I, we've had the experience of performing in not just like different cities, because I mean, a lot of comics like they'll do, you know, Indianapolis and then they'll do, you know, St. Louis or something. But they're pretty big towns. But we've also performed kind of in the desert and all these like random places. What were your experiences like? doing your comedy in different parts because our country is just so different you know different parts of it are so different did you find that like the comedy itself was landing differently in each area or listen people love abortion jokes okay and (laughs) if they are if they are at a bar outside of Tulsa even (laughs) they want you know uh no I (laughs) I did feel you know I um I mean I guess just being from Nashville I already feel like I've dabbled in in like a couple like two worlds of comedy a little mm. bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But definitely, when you're out, um, kind of further in smaller towns, you know, it comes to your attention that you're doing this show um, where people now know where you are, and that you can only travel so fast by foot. So mm-hmm. within the next couple days, I'm gonna be still within like a walking radius of this city and like what if there's just one like crazy person in the audience who you know um doesn't think that it's um hilarious that i've never had an abortion but i would have one in a little baby's heartbeat and (laughs) maybe they might consider killing me on the side of the road that was real but uh you know it didn't happen i think people um I think there's a vulnerability that comes along, you know, with stand up in general. And like when people are out to see comedy, they're already opening themselves up to, you know, laughing and like having a good time. And then I think specifically the walk adds another element to that of vulnerability. And so when people see that you're vulnerable, then they're like more open to um, laughing at something that maybe they did, you know, maybe they don't think is hilarious. But there's I don't know. There was just. uh, Yeah, I felt like people were pretty receptive. That's cool. Especially because my jokes weren't very good. Um, like, 
it's hard like you're you'd think yeah i mean definitely before i started i was like man the material i'm gonna come up with on the road you know this is gonna be good and um it's not how it works had you been doing stand-up comedy for a long time before this for five years before i left in new york or nashville i never did stand-up in nashville until after i started doing stand-up oh. so i'm i because i lived in la for six years before new york uh, so, as an actor or a, yeah i went uh, to acting school out there at the american academy of dramatic arts oh i am hello. a classically trained thespian <laughs> <laughs> so i did put that degree to pretty good use and <laughs> walked across america um yeah and then i started doing stand-up moved to new york i mean i just admire I'm, i admire you so much to like just take that step away from traditional life and say I'm gonna go do this now what made you do that and I mean it's absolute fearlessness I think I applaud you for that um but yeah was there a moment there was like I have to do this for myself did you have a sign like Matthew McConaughey talks about green lights um (laughs) did you get a green light um I think there were like a confluence of things. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Okay, am I using I believe so. Sure. Okay. I think it was a confluence yeah, of things. <laughs> um, being in New York for five years, you know, that already is kind of like, I feel like, especially like in stand-up, one of those times where like, okay, so I've been doing it for a minute now. And like at the beginning, it's really exciting. You're like, ah, so cool. <laughs> and then cut to five years later and <laughs> you're still working at the pizza place and, you know, you're stressed, you're broke and... Somehow you haven't made it yet. So I think, okay, so, and plus, like, there's those years before that I was in L.A. So now I'm, like, 10 years into, like, art, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to be a a whatever artist. And then also literally the walking aspect. Like, I, in New York, you walk so much. Mm -hmm. And I was living in the city at the time. I just, like, started walking places, you know, like, oh, it's an hour walk. Okay, I'll just walk there. So that, um... There's like a meditation aspect of that, too, that I felt really connected to. And then simultaneously, um, people started doing crowdfunding and like podcasting mm-hmm. was starting more. And people were just sort of I, at least that for my you know, what what I was experiencing was was that it was definitely kind of going into that part as an artist where you, you really are like creating your own, you know, content. So that mm-hmm. was another aspect of it. And then I'm also started just exploring, you know, what other, yeah, how are other people living? Um, because New York City is such a trip, right? To, uh-huh. and, and and the the like intensity of what it means, especially I feel like then whenever I was doing stand up, it was like if you're not, you know, getting up five times a night and you don't like live with a bunch of other people and hate everything else about your life and have zero friends then like you're not a stand-up comedian and I don't know there was just like all these things kind of coming together at the same time and I had met this guy years before in LA named Aaron Huey who walked across America now he's this really cool photographer well he was a photographer then um but you should follow him on social media he's really awesome and strange guy I knew he'd walked across America and it just kind of kept coming up in my mind I don't know I just kept thinking about it more and more and then I started slowly researching it and then seeing that you know people do it and then I just started kind of this idea just started blooming and I felt like because of crowdfunding if I could come up with the idea 
um, like for people to get behind beside the walk, you know, how can I like put comedy into that? And then the idea of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I should film it. Mm. And I don't know, it just kind of all came together. And then that was the idea. And then I did the first crowdfunding, which I raised like $15,000. I think it was like $17,000 that I raised through that, which is pretty much how I funded the walk. And that was, yeah, six years ago. Wow. Crazy. And the editing process uh, was just crazy. I mean, it's so, I mean, as someone who's been editing a lot, or I'm an editor, I guess now, uh, I can't, I was so blown away by what you all put together and how well you put it together because just the sheer amount of footage, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, when I got back, I took a few weeks and then we were full into it. And now the film has been through three editors so it's um i mean we've all worked together it's like passing at the baton pretty Mm much um couldn't been possible without all you know without all three of them but when i first got back we watched all the footage so it's 300 hours and that so that within itself is a full month working 40 hours a week and we did that twice well i did it three times in total but so just there was two months of us just watching the footage and then it was and we were taking notes through all of that and organizing everything and selecting. And then it was like, all right, so what's the story? <laughs> Jess, give us mm-hmm. the story. And I was like, I need a couple years. Uh, <laughs> 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 you do. You need time, you know. And it wasn't just a story. You know, as you guys have seen the film, it's not just a story about a walk. It becomes a much more personal story. Mm-hmm. And it took some time to figure out what that was going to be. And I, you know, in hindsight and the way it's all come together, I'm so excited to share it. And I, and I, now I can't envision it going any other way, but there was definitely a period after the first year of getting back uh, between where we started fully editing again, which was like a few year break in between there, Mm -hmm. um, that we were trying different stuff, but not working full time on it. And I definitely felt lost in there. There was like a depression that happened after getting back. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're you just went through this like life changing event, but then you come back and you're still working at the same place and everyone else mm-hmm. is still doing the same stuff and you feel a little different, but you know, everything else has stayed the same. And it's really easy to snap back into the same mind frame that I was so removed from when I was on the road. Um, just a total, you know, other way of life that people live that isn't consumed by, um, I guess the need to produce things. Right. Make content as we say nowadays, which is sad way to say it. Um, so, but that makes me wonder, I'm sure there must've been moments and things that you had like really cool moments you had captured on film that you were like, this is just not fitting into the story and we just can't put it in. Oh yeah. So like what are some like stories or experiences that are not in the film that you kind of wished you could have gotten in, but. Um, that is a good question. Uh, I mean, there's so much footage, um, so many moments. Ah, gosh. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to think um, because honestly, at this point, it's like all blends together like mush where I'm just like, is that in there? Is it not? Which was definitely a part of the even just going back and looking at the footage. I'd be like, no, I'm sure I filmed this thing. Like, let's find it. There's this clip and I know it and I remember it like I can see it and Mm -hmm. we'd never find it. And I would be like, "Okay, I think I was remembering that it wasn't Mm -hmm. actually (laughs) mindful. Yeah. Footage. Um, So there's probably a lot of those 
moments too that I actually don't have um, footage of. I think the things that didn't make it in were people that I met along the way, but I didn't film enough to like fully, you know, sort of show them as a character. So it's just these little snippets that I have that I, you know, it takes me right back to that place. Um, like some, this guy in New Mexico, middle of nowhere that I met, I just went into some bar, like roadside bar and they had a pool table. So I started playing pool by myself, which is one of my moves. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> smart. Then this old guy comes over, he starts talking, we play pool. He has cigarettes. I'm like, yes, please. We're smoking cigarettes. We're playing pool. He invites me to his house that's nearby because he's got weed. <laughs> and then he's like, so I filmed us playing pool together. I filmed us talking a little bit. I filmed a little bit of his house. But then he was like showing me around and he was like, yeah, these walls are um, these walls are all concrete three feet d- deep. You can't hear anything from in here. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Cool. You want to sit outside? Um, <laughs> of course, like not even, you know, tracking with his mind that this might make me feel somewhat uncomfortable, you know. But he ended up being totally polite, nice, you know, just man who gave me weed and sent me on my way. Uh, but just definitely moments like that where people kind of, uh, or the very first place I stayed where the guy told me this was the first, uh, I'd walked 18 miles and then. Um, I met this guy at a brewery and then I went to this farmer's house and he got me stoned and I got super paranoid. <laughs> and then he told me that uh, and I was all like windburned and sunburned <laughs> and like just exhausted. And he was like, if you hear anything through that door, it's just bats in the attic. So just, and I was like, OK, that's what someone would say. <laughs> oh, my they're God. Gonna, you know, clearly there's someone being held captive. Exactly. Children or something hiding up there. Oh uh, but it was it's, fun. A, it's it was amazing fun. how your mind does go there though because so I hiked um 52 miles of the Appalachian Trail last year I know that looked so fun it was amazing and I just kept thinking of you the whole time because I struggled physically so much to be honest like I think the pandemic, like I was a gym rat and then the pandemic hit and I was like, yeah, I don't have to go to the gym anymore. <laughs> and yeah, so then I was ditto. like so out of uh, out of shape. But then I had this opportunity to go with my aunt. So just physically, I was it was such a mental mind fuck of like, no, you can do this. I know your body is saying no right now, but but really, I mean, it's amazing how if you just set your mind to it, you can do it. But um, it's honestly, so the, mental, so mental. Yeah, it's so mental. But, it, so but at the beginning, it is physical. You know, like when you're like for you only doing you know, not only, but like just by the time your body was probably like getting into the groove. Right. You guys were done. Like, I think the first couple hundred miles for me was definitely that was real. That was real physical. Like my I had not properly prepared for, you <laughs> yeah. know, like I had not one time pushed my cart full of things around. Like I'd been working out. Oh. I'd been walking. I'd been running. You know, I went barefoot around the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, shout out to white people. Uh, just walking barefoot around Astoria. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I didn't get blisters on my feet the whole trip. Mm. So I really? think it worked. So yeah, yeah so what was feet. I think it's from waiting shoes, tables. Waiting tables. Oh, yeah. Huh. And I did have like a very strict regimen where I would like uh put this glide on my feet and shins and then this powder and then I had mm. two layers of socks and the the toe kind was the bottom mm-hmm. layer. So mm-hmm. your toes going up. Those I, I highly recommend those. 
So, and physically, so then further you went. Yeah, the- then it goes mental, you know. And then after mm-hmm. that, like the actual, because, you know, as you see um, in the film, I have this knee injury. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was like the most excruciating pain I've ever been in in my life. I had full on tendonitis in my leg. Like I... My if I'm so fortunate for acupuncture, which literally Mm. like cured it, it was amazing. But once Mm. that happened, and then I got, you know, definitely as I started getting out west, physically I felt like invincible. You know, like my body Mm. was so strong by that point. But that's where the mental part comes in, and definitely every day I thought about quitting. Mm. I mean, there was not a day that that didn't cross your mind. But then when you're out in the middle of nowhere, on the side of a road, like going head on into traffic even if you get to a road that's scary and there's cars on it there's no other option for you like you're out here <laughs> you have to keep going like you you're like in the middle of the woods like there's mm-hmm. no other option you just have to keep going so yeah something definitely like clicks in there and changes um mentally of like how far you can push yourself mm. this is uh, a friend i have not watched this show so this is maybe gonna be a bad story but i um <laughs> But uh, yesterday, a friend was telling me about this show that's on Netflix that I'm dying to watch. It's, I don't know what it's called, but it like takes place in the Arctic. <laughs> I don't know, this is a bad, already bad story. It takes place in the Arctic and it's survivalist that mm. have to, it's a competition show and they're just trying to make it in the Arctic for as long as they can. And they can, they either tap out and when they can't do it anymore and it's like last man standing or they have someone come every 10 days like a doctor to like see how they're doing um and if they're really not doing well medically they just like have to pull them out so it's pretty like people could definitely die on this show for sure but um my friend was saying the craziest part about it was that like these like big buff men will like be at the beginning of the show being like i got this i can take you know i know how to do everything i'm gonna win this like fuck everybody else and there'd be these women being like yes i've been doing survivalist stuff for many years and i know how to catch a fish or whatever and she's like and then at a certain point as people start to like be out there for a long time it's not even the like lack of food or the you know the tiredness or whatever necessarily it's like the mental stuff where it's like they're very Mm -hmm. alone I think it's called alone or something lonely alone I don't know but the point (laughs) is that they're very isolated and they have to like fight through all the mental stuff and that's where those big strong men fully break down and just can't handle Ah. it anymore and so it's not that like they did mamas I mean I haven't seen the show but right but you know but you've lived it basically (laughs) so except you you had people around but but, but still. then there was, um, yeah, there was days without folks, um, especially as I got west. Um, I also felt like, you know, inherently what I was doing was dangerous. And I didn't really ever understand how being a man would have made me any safer at mm-hmm. all. You know, like if I'm in a tent on the side of the road and someone's coming to f- fuck me up like Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen whether I am a man or a woman (laughs) like I'm defenseless on a tent on the side of the road you know or even when people were asking if like what kind of weapons I have it's just like so how am I gonna go down like a gunfight with someone like I don't you know I I, I mean it just also I think that there was like um there's an element to I think people are uh you know they are scared of difficult women so mm-hmm. when they see a woman doing something like this there's also like an element of like yeah i don't really want to mm-hmm. mess with this even lady. on the appalachian trail like so it was just me and my aunt and just the comments of male hikers passing us or even just you know staying at the campsite 
of just like, oh, you little ladies out here all alone. It's we're like, we're not alone. We're together. Yeah, mm-hmm. We are together. <laughs> and all, I mean, it's just, thanks for, for say, I don't know. It's just, but and it's every so bizarre, man had a comment. they're doing the same stuff. You know, yeah. I, like, <laughs> um, you know, Jesse, the guy who I meet, who's, uh, yes. not to ruin it, but the guy on the motor, the scooter, mm-hmm. I was reading a journal entry. He asked me while we were having a sandwich, peanut butter and jellies on the side of the road, if I was scared being a woman doing this. He had been on the road already for like two mm-hmm. months. And that was still his question mm-hmm. that he was asking right. me. Isn't that kind of, it's so interesting to me, like out of... I was expecting that from people that, you know, you're just like in passing or seeing you, but from other hikers and other people who are also yeah. going through the experience, it's very interesting. It's just so ingrained, I think, in in the patriarchy or whatever of that women need protecting by men right. or something. Like every the, guy I more... met was just so nice about it, but also it was just like to look at them and be like, you're doing it. like, And it just never occurred to them that, yeah, a woman could walk across America or hike 50 miles in the mountains of Appalachia. Like, it's just insane. And even if they, and even if they, um, and also maybe do it better. Right. Yeah. Faster. Right. Hello. I was not fast. Uh, nope. Not me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> also just, people, the, yeah. it's like beyond even just the idea that like, oh, can they do it? It's like, there's also just a sense of like, they are, going to be preyed upon more which is not necessarily untrue i suppose but then i don't know i guess also but it's like we handle that shit all every the time day. right mm-hmm. so it's not yeah I, yeah it's not new that's so interesting it was so i don't know if i've ever told this story but our first day on the trail we were only out there four days the first day it was very unfortunate that we did have a weird situation with a man like we got Tell dropped me. off on the side of the road And this one guy obviously had hitchhiked to where we were all getting dropped off. And he started, he first asked us where we were going. And we were like, same as you, we're going, you're going north, you know? And so, but this man like kind of would stop. Like at one point he hid, he was like behind a tree at one point when we came up and that was really weird. Another time we passed him again, he said, I dropped my knife. Have you seen it? And we're like, what the fuck? And so we were pretty freaked out by this one guy. And then it ended up that like he was just creepy, <laughs> didn't do yeah. it. Like he he ended up we we ended up at a shelter and he did. The shelter was off the trail. He came down there after he saw that we were there and that's where we were staying. And then he said that he had to power on like five more miles that night or something to make his the deadline or I don't know whatever. So, but it was so creepy. We were very aware. We kept talking about it. Um, but then in the end, like he, he, yeah, I, I think he was just creepy, completely unaware of how his, what he was saying and his effect on us. Um, but then he moseyed on and we never saw, I mean, I thought maybe he would kill us in the middle of the night, but there were so many other campers with us. If we had been completely alone, I, I admit I would have been a little way more nervous, but. Well, remember in the film when I meet that guy, Gary, um, and so he ends up, you know, kind of turning out to be a foe but it, the interesting thing is right before I met him on the trail because I was near the Appalachian Trail when this happened it's where these two trails converge mm-hmm. um are these words yes that's a word um, <laughs> and um so oh right before that I had passed on this trail this picnic tables of like elderly people like it was some sort of like you know little <laughs> event that was happening or I don't know they were having lunch out in the on this trail like they were hike day hike or something and I had just stopped for a minute and a couple of them are like talking to me and I just I wasn't in the mood like I just mm-hmm. like oh yeah hi and then I got my water and I kept walking and I was like Jessica you're supposed to be like 
you know, that would have been a great, maybe I could have interviewed one of them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. at this point I was, I was just a few weeks into the walk and I was very much like, you need to be filming more. Like I need to be meeting mm-hmm. people. I was, and so after that happened, I was like, I, you know, I, I'm never going to meet any cool people if I'm not like opening myself up to this, mm-hmm. you know, as if walking across America wasn't opening mm-hmm. myself up enough <laughs> to the universe. <laughs> I was pushing it even further. And that's when I freaking met Gary, who, if he had been a, just a, few miles before that I probably would have rebuffed and been like Mm. I shouldn't actually be talking to this guy right now and he was creepy too because I was actually uh, I was going to be hiding my cart behind a tree and go into this town but he caught me when I was hiding the cart and so then after I I didn't want to leave it there Mm -hmm. so I like played it off like I was getting the cart and then he ended up walking with me and as we find out spoiler alert he does get $20 off me (laughs) um god but it was interesting that I felt the need, like I had to open myself up to this person. And I think that, you know, the same gut feelings that we as women have had to navigate since we were children about mm-hmm. when it comes to creepy people, whether they're male or female, I think it's just this, you know, just like we've been training for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And just trust your instinct. Like I'm a 30 yeah. year old woman by this point while I was doing the walk. Yeah. Trust, trusting your instinct is so important. And I feel like that's the part where when people are like, so nothing really, you know, scary happened to you. And I go, no, but then I think of roadblocks that I put up like, mm. okay, the guy in New Mexico that said that the walls were three feet deep. I was, I was like, Hey, let's go back out here. I mean, if he wanted to mm-hmm. do something to me, he could have, but before, also before we left the bar, to the bartender, we were like, hey, we're going to his house. And we like told someone where I was going. Mm -hmm. Um, Or another guy when I was in Texas who was really nice, like stopped, gave me beers and offered me to stay at his cattle ranch. But his cattle ranch was a few miles off the road. And I just didn't feel that. He also called me pretty. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to like keep it walking. He didn't do anything particularly creepy, but just... Why risk it? Yeah. I think that that's it. And also, I think it's that balance because, and we've talked about this before, but where you have to trust your instincts and that's the number one thing. And then we're also kind of trained as women to be polite and mm-hmm. try to be like, mm-hmm. you know, make, fr- be friendly. Why aren't you smiling? Blah, all that shit. And especially on a trip like yours, it's like you have to just, I'm sure, put down your foot at some point to be like, Absolutely. hey, I'm not going to do that. So thanks. Nice to meet you. But The biggest things I was paranoid about were, you know, having this... Uh, gear and knowing that I had thousands of dollars worth of equipment with me. So when I would meet people who, you know, just seemed like, you know, uh, maybe they're having a hard time and like, hey, you know, I'm like an open target, you know, Mm. or even if I was just asleep in the tent and you wanted to come like steal some gear out of the cart or something, you know, like that would be a target for a lot of people that that was probably one of the like so whenever I would be on the side of the road if I would be filming or when I was setting up the camera I was just always very aware of the people that were seeing me and how they were seeing me mm. I didn't like to be on my phone when I was walking or just like I didn't mm-hmm. want to like showcase um I don't know and as well as myself like I always stayed really covered up and mm-hmm. that's just like kind of part of it you know I I did mm. definitely like make an effort a slight effort to just look like you know any other hiker not the beauty queen that I am well I mean you are a beautiful beauty queen but yes no I hear you that like to try not to it like it makes me think of that story I have a a good friend from college who her first year out of college she was working at a um, chemistry at Merck Pharmaceuticals and she's very pretty and she has like a crazy like figure where she just has like very big breasts and she's very very thin and she would wear like turtlenecks to work and her boss 
finally she had they like forced her to switch departments because her boss said oh she's like trying to seduce me and it's like she's wearing a (laughs) A lab coat and like a turtleneck so it's like those I think those are the differences probably for like a a big walk like that right so like that's the thing a man doesn't have to think about like they can walk around shirtless yeah but you you know I totally understand why you'd want to wear here's like a big t-shirt and whatever yeah and also to protect, like, at, like literally when you're hiking, you know, like, protecting yourself from the sun and stuff. Right, so, right. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely um, some part part of it. And, um, yeah, even just wearing sunglasses. Like, that, I remember when I took my sunglasses off when the, when that was when that guy was like, oh, you're pretty, too. And I was like, okay, I gotta uh, go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. John Mulaney has that joke about um, where, like, he's in the subway and it's like late at night and there's a woman walking ahead of him and he's not thinking much about it but he starts to see that she's walking a little bit faster and his thought is she must hear the train and i'm gonna so i'm gonna start walking faster and then so she starts walking even faster he picks up pace she starts to run he's running after her and then realizes all of a sudden she's not running to the train she's running away from me and just that idea that like men don't think about how we are on we have to be on guard like 24 hours a day um so like a a thing like saying like you're pretty to someone you don't know is a red flag Mm. that's a red flag right or and let's bring it back around to um just another uh spoiler plot point for the film but um you know i do this radio show and these guys ask me so you haven't been raped or murdered yet on your walk uh which it that within of itself like the fact that they would think the likelihood of me being raped is the same as mm. me being murdered which, mm-hmm. <laughs> right right mm-hmm. like i wouldn't be on the show if yeah, i was murdered I by the way but, here. Yeah. Uh, but uh such a interesting um question from you know male um comedians who really thought it was just like a fun funny question Mm -hmm. and um luckily i shut them down yeah (laughs) um yeah and i reveal this assault that happened which ends up being a you know storyline in the film and i think I think that's definitely something about the film that um, I met so many people that I'm still friends with and that I still have social media relationships with, you know, and a lot of them haven't seen the film yet. And I'm really and and people that, you know, have these questions about the fear or I, I think it's just going to be interesting. I'm really excited for people to see the film and to see that that sort of storyline play out. And for me, it was a really cathartic thing making the film. And, you know, at some level, I, I think The Walk was, you know, proving to myself that I was okay or proving to myself that I could be safe around strangers or that it wasn't about putting yourself how much you were putting yourself in harm's way you know it's or like you know the ultimate like what were you wearing Mm -hmm. you know and not like literally in this situation but like I was putting myself a bit in harm's way someone think um Mm -hmm. so I think it was maybe like yeah testing the universe in some way I don't know you know there's a lot of layers to psycho psychologically why but uh, I'm really excited I didn't always know that that would be a part of the film. And Mm. in the end, like, I can't imagine it not being in there. And I am actually, like, really grateful for that interview (laughs) and the the question that they asked me because it it really did spark that question in my mind. Um, Yeah, just that I was doing something inherently dangerous. And I don't know. I was okay in the end. Mm. So and we're all going to die. (laughs) <laughs> right right why not on the road um so speaking of we're all gonna die and we wanted people like to try 
things. What advice would you give um, anybody, but specifically maybe a woman, if they were interested in doing some solo traveling, maybe a, a hike like that, or even just sort of, I know there is some women get nervous just about traveling to Paris alone and things like that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like uh, this woman I g- made friends with who gave me the most amazing massage a couple of um, weeks back. She was telling she was like she asked if I walk while she was massaging me. She was like, do you walk a lot? And I was like, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I really love to walk, but my kids are older now and I don't have any friends. It's really hard to make mm. friends. OK, I think she was asking to be my friend. Um, and I was like, my friend card is full. <laughs> no. no, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't. But I didn't. I actually wasn't picking up on it. I was like, you should like. I was like, just do it alone. You know, I was like, throw on some headphones, you know, and it didn't even occur to me that like, oh, maybe this woman doesn't feel safe, you know, mm-hmm. like walking around with some headphones in New York City, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I I um, also realized that my experience is, is only my own, um, but advice for women traveling alone in any capacity, I think it's like what we've been talking about. It's the same stuff that we have had to navigate as women always so just trusting your instinct um yeah and I I really think that's the biggest one and I guess just being prepared as much as you can I I feel like I was really prepared for the walk a lot of things went out the window my 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 plan my route uh you know gears things that I needed changed but really I did as much research going into it as I could and then I tried to you know let go and let God. Uh, but, and that's when really cool stuff would happen. So, you know, mm. I, part of that is, is giving in and it's, it's all about a balance. Um, there's a balance somewhere, somewhere there in between. And I think it's a, probably in being as prepared as you can be, but then just trusting, trusting in your instincts and, mm. you know, and trusting. I think I'm very like, yeah, I'm, I'm, when opportunities arise for me, like you were saying earlier about the green light, you know, the, I usually say yes to things because mm-hmm. that to me feels like, uh, you know, this is being presented to you and being brought to you and you're going to say yes to it. Um, but yeah, you have to go with your gut on those things. Well, I think it's a beautiful thing because to do what you did, you have to really love yourself. And I think like to spend that much time with yourself and I think that we've all kind of learned this maybe during the pandemic of like sitting in our own, <laughs> whatever that looks like for people. But I think it's such a beautiful thing that you loved yourself and trusted yourself that you were able to to do this for yourself and then now shared their story and hopefully encourage other women out there to do the same because it really is such a beautiful thing. The thing that I liked a lot about your film is showing the beauty of humans because so many people you, you met were just such beautiful people and that you were open and and trusting uh, to, to know them. And then you now have these friends that you will cherish forever. And it's so yeah, it all, a beautiful thing. It all came back around. I mean, I, again, my experience is just my own, um, mm-hmm. but, but the trip, the specific one, it was all, yeah, it all, the the amount of like serendipitous mm-hmm. things that happened throughout those nine months that I was gone. And each time it was when I was like giving in to the unknown pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was just a, yeah, life-changing experience for sure. 
That's so exciting. So how can people see Specialish? So Specialish, it's coming out May 11th. It's going to be on streaming platforms. So it's going to be for purchase, iTunes, Amazon. I don't actually know all the other ones. But <laughs> if you go to uh, my website, jessicawatkinscomedy.com or Specialish's website um, or f- follow me on social media, all the info will be there. And how can they find you on social media? A Jessica Watkins. That's my name. Hooray. And you're going to be on Talk of the Town here in Nashville. I'm going to be on Talk of the Town. So we'll be sharing that as well because that is like, you've like made it. (laughs) From like a a Nashville girl to another Nashville girl. Yes. You've made it. (laughs) Thank you. That's so exciting. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be in Nashville next week. Yeah. When I'm there. We're all going to hang out. Yeah. That's very exciting. (laughs) That's very exciting. We'll go for a walk. Yes, yes, please. Show us how to walk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what a delight. Thank you so much. Thank Congratulations to what, a, to what a, accomplishment too to have like big a big idea and actually getting it done. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that is like such a big that's what I hope for everybody is that they get a good idea and then they do it and they finish it. And just man, there have been so many finish lines in this project, mm. you know. The first crowdfunding, leaving for the walk, completing the walk, actually getting, actually filming anything, you know, and then uh, working with a production company when I've, I had an editor for a year. So then mm-hmm. when we were, you know, finishing that, which we also did another crowdfunding for, and then going to festivals and like getting into a few festivals and then screening and then now distribution. And then this Tuesday, uh, May 11th. will be this like kind of final finish line it feels really awesome there have been so many like benchmarks so this one feels really good can i ask what's next do you are you gonna walk across europe next or (laughs) i don't know i definitely love combining comedy and adventure Mm -hmm. um and so i think that is definitely in my future uh taking on a documentary as my first feature film (laughs) that was interesting choice and (laughs) it's a lot it was a lot. So I, I think I will maybe want to do something a little bit more scripted in the future, like for mm-hmm. the next project. But I don't know. Maybe I sail somewhere. Oh, oh, my gosh. Go sail. I love it. I don't know how, but I'll learn. Well, yeah, I believe <laughs> in you. Well, Percy Priest Lake, they got free lessons oh, on well, Tuesday well, let's night. Let's do that when we get down there. I'm telling you, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to be a sailor by the end of this fucking year. <laughs> We'll see. Anyway, well, you are such an inspiration, and we really, really appreciate you coming on and talking to Thanks us. We me. love your movie, and we just hope so that good. everybody, everybody, you got to see Specialish. Please. It's, it's so good. It's great. It makes the world a better place. Really, truly, oh, I do. You're too kind. I think it, it, no, it's that kind of documentary that really stays with you. So thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you. Wow. I'm excited. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I guess we did it. <laughs> 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 